I'm Mitch McCracken, and this is Memphis Music Interview. This week's show is Remembering Pat Taylor. In the last six months, Memphis has lost way too many from the Memphis music community. Starting on September 1st last year, when Jimmy Jamison died of a stroke. In December, we lost Ardent engineer, producer John Hampton. The following week, Ardent's owner, John Fry, passed away. In January, it was Jack Holder who died of cancer. And this month, cancer has taken DJ Zeke Logan. And just last week, Pat Taylor lost a long, hard fight against that deadly disease. Pat Taylor has been a part of the Memphis music scene since the early 70s. Since this show started in August of 2013, Pat Taylor has been mentioned more than anyone else in the interviews. It seems that he was in a group with just about everybody, and if he wasn't in a group with you, he influenced you with his amazing voice and musical abilities. And I would cook dinner, and uh-huh. we would just sit there, and Pat had, yeah, we had Paul and Shelby, they were yeah. little, yeah. Uh-huh. five and two. But, you know, I have, after interviewing so many people over the last year, really talented, uh, gifted people, um, I've come to the conclusion that you can't see your own talent. You do what you do. You know? yeah. And that's the way they feel. And, yeah. you know, I've been interviewing people for, you know, God, 30 years. Yeah. And I... Yeah, I used to sit in interviews when somebody would tell, oh, I play guitar, I'm okay, yeah. I'm Eric Clapton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so I thought, God, you know, what a liar, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But now um, I'm seeing it, that, yeah. that it, it's for real because of, of my writing. But, but <laughs> when I started writing and people started saying, hey, you're really a good writer, and I'm like, bullshit. Well, I wasn't a good student, you know? Yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not a good writer, but, but I appreciate the compliment. That's and, right. And then it hit me. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how everybody feels. That's exactly you know, it. You know, That's because right. I mean, the, now when you were in the hot dogs, uh-huh. uh, Greg Redding wasn't still in there, right? That was in the next. No, Greg was. Well, Greg was he? It was in that group of hot dogs with me. It was hot dog two. Uh huh. David Beaver, Greg Redding, Rick Tucker, and myself. I played bass in that group. The only Did you group, really? The only group I've ever played bass. Wow. In. That's probably wow. why we didn't Pat last play week. anything. So, were you? <laughs> he can't. Hey, really? Yeah. Yes. Wow, can. that's great. No, no. That's great. Now, were you with the Hot Dogs when uh, when they went to California? No. Oh, okay. See, the, the first Hot Dogs, and you'll know right off the bat, Jack Holder, uh-huh. um, the bass player just came back to Memphis recently. And was out at Neil's with Greg. What is his name? And, and here I make Bill Rennie. I make Bill Rennie. Thank yeah, he's the bass player. Thank you. You're welcome. You weren't even born yet. I know. <laughs> uh, but I yeah. was born. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Greg Redding, Bill Rennie. Uh-huh. Um, that was a great band. The first Hot Dog. Mm-hmm. Now the second one, we were. We were good. I thought we were okay, basically. But we went out and played in Missouri and up in Kentucky and you know Arkansas. We played around and we did okay for Missouri. the Missouri. 
the time that we were alive. <laughs> Didn't somebody say that last night on TV? Yeah, modern said, Family. Yeah. So nobody right. says Missouri. I know, and we've never said it before in our life, but what am I doing? <laughs> I must love that show. <laughs> it stuck with you. I love that show. Oh, I do. Missouri. Oh. Well, okay. Missouri. We played up Missouri. Played. Now, I could start talking like this in time if you want. And that's what I used to tell people about my mother. You know, because there are no single syllable words to my mother. You know, she could, and my name was Mia. Mia. And my wife's name is Lynn. She is Lynn. You know, yeah. and, and everything she said sounded like a question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was standing on the corner the other day, I love this. waiting for the bus to come. Yeah. <laughs> I love that, man. Oh, man. <laughs> if it's a question, it's. It's still more than a question. I don't know. Yeah. I, that is perfect. I've never heard anybody do that. Before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I've used all those lines myself, but that is great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that is great. Especially the part about southern. A southern term meaning preparing to. Yeah. yeah. I'm fixing to. Yeah, that's right. I'm getting ready to. Yeah. Hot um. damn. We talked a lot about their careers, but I wanted to hear more about their relationship and writing together. We are, uh, not only were we in love, but we we can write songs together, mm -hmm. and it is just awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I have yeah. a partner yeah. that I can do that with, and we worked so well together. Pat would produce. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would, you know, we both write, but... Um, it was just such an easy, comfortable situation, always, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, there were button heads sometimes when he'd try to tell me how to do something. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But other than that, and of course I respect him. I mean, I played guitar too, but well, I, I was him. never good enough mm -hmm. around him. Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I used to play on stage. Mm -hmm. And I stopped doing it because I went, oh, you know, just... Just let well, me concentrate on other stuff. She can play guitar really good, especially you know rhythm guitar. She feels very comfortable with it, but she she won't go on and do it and play it every day. Mm -hmm. but, but lyrically and singing wise, well, I like to write. She stands one. way out there above me, so mm -hmm. we really do have our spots. Perfectly. Yeah, strengths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. our strengths. You know, are come together perfectly that well, way. Well, so how, how long have y'all been married now? 34 wow. years 30 in October. Wow. That's right. 34. We basically have grown up together. No kidding. No. Wow. That is, uh, that's great. It is. Especially spending as much time as y'all together. Know. You know. And people have asked me that too. How did y'all work together? And mm -hmm. What about egos and all that? And it's like, well, everybody knows Pat is so sweet and humble. He, he, Everybody knows me, mm -hmm. so, you know. <laughs> well, well, look, I, th I think that's a given. I knew that guys were going to come up to her and want to ask her questions and hug her and want to get a kiss and whatever they could do, they were going to want to well, do. Well, we put up with that from each other but for a we long knew time. Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're going to have people wanting to see you, and there's going to be people wanting to see... Rob and me and all the rest of us. I mean, that's right. just the way it is. But it's mm -hmm. being secure but, with your, you know, relationship. Right. But I'm the one we going are. home with her. 
That's right. It's right. And, and in a relationship, you only have to trust one person. That's so, right. You know, right. and so the rest of them can do whatever they want to do yep. to try to get that attention. That's right. But if you trust your spouse, you don't have to worry yeah. about it. Communication and jealousy are the two oh, biggest yeah. evils oh, of yeah. any relationship. Jealousy will so. break you up. Pat is my anything. rock. I mean, that it's uh, he always has been. Mm-hmm. So it's and I think know. people I think people see that a lot. I you know sure they. Do. I mean because that, I mean like I said you know nobody ever says you know Pat Taylor or or Suzanne he's the, he's Jerome Taylor pal. is you know it's always Pat and Suzanne always yeah. you know so well, I like and that's that. sweet yeah it that is, is sweet, sweet mm-hmm. oh and Neil was so happy that we were doing this interview I kept wondering why do people keep coming back to see us uh-huh. <laughs> why are they coming here to see us tonight we'd pack the place and I'd go. Uh-huh. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. What is this? Is somebody playing after us? Yeah, I mean, yeah. what is it? And he was so sweet. He was so sweet. I mean, we'd already have some amount, you know, set, and we'd go back there, and he'd give me some money, and then he'd go. Is, he'd pay more. Is that enough, Pat? Is that enough? Is he that was enough so y'all? kind. And wow. I'd just go, man. Yes. He, I, he I've was never known a club owner to come yeah, ask yeah. me, is that enough? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was just the sweetest guy you've ever seen in your life. Most of the time, we'd say, no, we've already we've already negotiated that. If we packed a place and it was overrunning, and I'd say, well, we'll take a couple hundred. It's yeah. almost like that modern family thing where she's <laughs> borrowing money. Yeah. No, no, Big Bang. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, yeah. 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 But no, uh, I love those guys. Love them. Yeah. Both yeah. of them. Yeah, he's, uh, man, Neil's doing some really good stuff now. He is. He's getting some good people in there. I think that uh, move helped him. We yeah. were afraid, Every I think everybody was thinking, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, the you know, the Midtown thing was so there for so long yeah but i think he's done better yeah yeah and if you haven't if you haven't been there in in like the last month or so no, I haven't. man he's got so many more tables now and it just i mean it just it, it's got a completely different look and feel oh really you know? yeah okay yeah. has he got so, a stage huh oh yeah 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 and i went to to see rob coddle yes mm-hmm. oh. i wish we could have gone yeah. the first time i'd seen he's him. awesome i know i know and the interview he yeah. just had nothing but praise for you. Oh, no kidding. Yes, wow. he was very, very... Rob is such an awesome guy. Wow. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, he's just... Yeah. He's our brother. Yeah, well, he, uh, he called me yesterday, and he goes... Uh, he goes... Uh, because the, the interview that I recorded, I got to re-record. Because uh, the phone was... You know, his, his part of it was... Oh, distorted. I thought I heard a little... Well, maybe he just told me about it. Yeah. Because he came over... Yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we were laughing through the whole thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, he uh, sent me a message yesterday on Facebook, and he goes, uh, sorry I didn't call you today because we're going to re-record it. And uh, oh. he goes, uh, you busy tomorrow? And, and I said, well, I got an interview with the Taylors at 4. Other than that, I'm open. <laughs> and he said, and I was at Neil's, and he, he uh, sent me a, a text back, and he goes, who? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know him by the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, he's uh Yeah, uh, that's what it was. He came over and told me about the, mm-hmm. the interview. Well, you know, um, the the benefits um, that we did at Neil's. Oh, my goodness. And, oh. But the thing... I've that, never seen any... Thing like that. Me either. And I've been in this so, a long time. I was so glad that I was there Man. to Me see too. it. Me too. And you, you know? helped out yeah, with so that. And I didn't do much. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did. But the people, everybody did. that played, 
Everybody that came. Yeah, mm -hmm. All of y'all did, man. And yeah. we could, Pat couldn't be there. I did go one night. Yep. I cried my eyes out the mm -hmm. minute I walked there. Right. I walked in. Uh, but just the outpouring of love mm -hmm. that everybody showed was just... Oh, I know. And you know what? Um, I, you got to give Jack Rowe Jr. a lot, oh my goodness. A lot of kudos because... Of course. Y'all weren't there, but in a bar... He said a prayer. He not only said a prayer, he had everyone in the bar holding standing hands. up, holding hands, praying with him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was so much love. And of I course. mean, it's just like, you know, people holding hands and then, you yeah. know, I mean, in a, in a beer joint, yeah. you know? Yeah. So uh, that, that, that blew me away. That basically cured the cancer that I had. During the that, first time, because mm -hmm. the that, cancer that came all, back the second time prayers. was different. Wow, different kind of cancer, basically. So I mean, prayer works, man. Right. Oh, it does. It oh, yeah. works. It yeah. Works. And Charles Delisi was responsible for getting Target together to play for that for Pat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know that mm -hmm. that was awesome. My friend with cancer that's now gone now on gone, to heaven. Gone on to heaven. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that was uh, that was neat getting uh, getting Target uh, yes. to play. So and all of the wonderful talent that played. I, I'm not everybody. To, oh I yeah, yeah. And, and there were a lot of people. And, and it took you know two Sundays. Two Sundays you know, is to, on. So th so that says a lot about how Memphis feels about you guys. You know, and man, and, the people that donated and gave and, and gave. Oh my god! Some of them I didn't and the even artwork. Know. Oh, yeah. There it is over there. I just we love it. Oh yeah, that guitar yeah. that was signed by everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it, and let me tell you, that was a bitch getting everybody to you know because yeah. right, you ain't going anywhere. Come here, yeah. <laughs> that sign. Yeah. <laughs> you know, can't leave the building. I so, know. Yeah, that was uh, that was, and that was it was a lot of fun. You know, but it was also um, heartwarming and and you know to see everybody come together. And it's like just like with uh, uh, JoJo Jeffries when her house burned down. Yeah. You know, so yeah, he's uh, done. Neil has done so many benefits, and Jack has been very much involved as well as Lou Nesta. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. been, those guys have been so involved with and all Daryl Denson. Helped I'm out sure a bunch with us. You too. have too. I'm sure everybody, the same group of guys, get together and make it work, mm -hmm. and then everybody else just piles on and makes it work. Right. And we all see that. We know. Mm -hmm. I mean, God knows Dinky, too. Dinky, Delisi, all of them. Becky Stewart. They all just work. That's what makes this Memphis, oh, Tennessee, yeah. this whole music scene yeah and we're it's a brotherhood well and mm -hmm. it's not just music, musicians i mean it's guys like you and it's everybody that puts in uh their share to make it so great mm -hmm. it's such a fabulous thing and you don't find that in other cities right i mean i, I really don't think you do people come here and just say God, well and you man. don't even have to i mean they do things that are not just for musicians. Right. It's for everyday folk that mm -hmm. we love. We just, I, the giving, the that's love. Right. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, yep. it, you don't have to be somebody or that's you know, right. a musician. Right. Somebody has lost their house. Somebody, somebody is, yeah, mm -hmm. somebody is suffering. That kid is suffering. Yeah, that's right. Jack Rao Jr. talked about playing with Pat and Suzanne in the Breaks reunion. Pat and Suzanne were in uh, a group together. Called yeah. the Breaks. The Breaks. I uh, mean, just absolutely, just a wonderful band. Uh, uh, you know, of course, Pat and Suzanne. You know, they were like models. You know, you, you yeah. both of them were just <laughs> yeah. absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. 
back in the day, you know, their band was great, but also they got all these endorsements and everything that mm-hmm. they did and everything. And and we would just go out, and when we weren't working, we'd want to go out to you know, Solomon Alfred's and catch Pat and them play mm-hmm. and listen to their music. And they were one of the first bands that actually wanted to do all original material and stuff. And we'd go out, and they would play their songs, and and it was just amazing. And so I was fortunate and, uh, and blessed... Uh, uh, me and Tony Black to be able to go uh, when they did a breaks reunion mm-hmm. to be able to go back and be a part of that band. Oh wow! And we got to work up all that cool music mm-hmm. that Pat and Suzanne wrote when the and uh, uh, friends of theirs that wrote songs for them at the time. We uh, actually got the, uh, an opportunity to play the shell and so uh, and Neil's music room and everything with Pat mm-hmm. and Suzanne and of course we'd been friends forever. But after that, all that did was just brought, draw us even closer. In fact, in my very first interview with Jack Rao Jr., he talked about how impressed he was by Pat Taylor. Let's uh, introduce Pat a little bit yeah, as to who. Pat, he... Well, Pat Taylor, you know, we've uh, been knowing him. Uh, I've been knowing Pat forever mm-hmm. we, we were just like kids and everything he was in the village sound and uh, yeah. when we were in the debuts and all this kind of matter of fact me and jamie jimmy used to go out and hear pat and play and we, they had all these big custom amps that were padded and everything me and me and jimmy said we looked at each other and said what's all this furniture they got up here on stage that's how young we were we didn't even know they were amps you yeah. know but we watched pat sing and and play you know he was a singer then before he started playing guitar and we looked at each other and go, that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. We would like to be like Pat Taylor. I want to yeah. talk to you a minute about something that you did that absolutely blew me away. And it has to do with Pat and Suzanne uh, when we had the uh, fundraiser uh, for Pat uh, when he, was, uh, he had cancer. And we did a uh, benefit two Sundays in a row at Neil's Music Room. Right. You... We're there in a bar, and you got everybody in that bar to hold hands and say a prayer for Pat. And I thought that was amazing, that, that you could get people to put the beer down long enough to pray for Pat. But Pat is just a super unbelievable, sweetest man that I believe I've ever met. Mm-hmm. He's a God-fearing man. He loves the Lord with all his heart. And uh, and he came down with this dreaded disease. I thought that was so cool, though, that to be a, to be in a in a, in a bar situation and to have, I mean, literally everybody in the place was holding hands. Well, if you remember correctly, I said I told everybody, I said, if you can believe for Pat's healing, mm-hmm. would you please stand up and let's pray? Mm-hmm. If he can't, would you please sit there with a good thought and right and let's do it? And you know what? And what surprised me was. That all the people in that room stood up mm-hmm. and held hands, mm-hmm. and we prayed for Pat. And guess what? Pat got good results from that. Yes, thing. he did. He's yeah. still here. Yes, he is. And I, I remember the night I said, "You know what? One of these days we'll see Pat Taylor and Neils again playing music." Mm-hmm. Well, I've done seen him two or three times. Now. Right. Yeah, me too. And he's still playing, and right. that shows to me that uh, what we did that night seemed to m- might be foolishness to some people. Mm-hmm. It must have been real. Greg Redding was also a member of Foremost as well as the Village Sound. We talked about those early years. So there was this one band called the Foremost out in Parkway Village. And their bass player, his parents made him quit the band because his grades were bad for the, for the nine weeks or whatever they did back then. Mm-hmm. And so they said, can you really play bass? And I went, yeah, I can. So I went home to my mom. I said, I got to get a bass. I need a bass in the amp right now because I'm going to be in a band. 
I'm going to be in a band. She said, okay. Went and got me a Hackstrom bass and a Gibson amp. And I went to rehearsal and learned all the songs. And the first gig was at the Rainbow Skating Rink on Lamar Avenue. Right. I remember that. I made $2.50 <laughs> and thought I was on top of the world. I yeah. mean, just, oh, this is great. I'm, I mean, and, you know, the girl thing, it was just a total, just, it was the perfect package. I was so happy. So anyway, the band, as they did back then, started falling apart. I realized it was time to leave. In the meantime, my brother Dan, who was also a bass player, we both came up playing upright bass, had started another band called The Village Sound. Oh. And I said, well, I want to be in y'all's band. And they said, well, that would be great, except we don't need two bass players. And we've already got three guitar players. I said, I'll play organ. Wow. Okay. So I went, my parents, well, my mother, my my mom was, was the, plus she was managing this band, the Billy Sound. She'd taken the reins on it and everything. So I went and bought an organ. I started taking lessons from Rick Allen, who was playing with the coachman at the time. Uh-huh. And the swinging yo-yos. And Rick was the hot, hot, hot organ player in Memphis at the time. And he'd come over once a week, and he'd show me stuff. And I had an aptitude for it, and I took to it very quickly and really realized, ooh, I really like this. Cause, but I was going to get in just because, hey, my my brother's in the band and my mom's manager. I'm, yeah, I'm getting yeah, in this I band. Got, I got connections. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my chops started getting better and better, and the more I hung with Rick, the better it got. And the band was starting to pick up some steam. And every Friday and Saturday night, they had, uh, there's this place out in Parkway Village called the Parkway Village Athletic Club. Mm -hmm. And they had bands there every weekend. So I would go to hear the other bands, see what the musicians were like, what they were playing. And, of course, that back then it was bands like the Rapids and Larry Raspberry and the right. Gentries, right. which were, they were gods, okay? Yeah, exactly, I mean, because yeah. when I first moved to Memphis, one of the first things that happened was I turned on the TV and the Ted Mack Amateur Hour came on uh -huh. and said, live, here we got one of our bands coming in from Memphis, Tennessee, the Gentries. I went, what? <laughs> so, you know, I, I, seeing them live really inspired me a lot. And so we kept going. Then one night I walked in there and there was a band called the Castleman playing. And they had two lead singers, a guy named Taff Laster and a guy named Pat Taylor. Yeah. And they were doing a Walker Brothers song, The Sun Won't Shine Anymore, and then they went straight into You've Lost That Love and Feeling by Ooh. the Righteous Brothers. And they're nailing this stuff, man. Uh -huh. And they took a break, and I walked over and introduced myself to Pat. I said, man, what a voice, dude. I said, i got to figure a way to get you all in my band. And so somehow or another, I wrangled it to where their drummer and guitar player, I was still playing bass at this time. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, they were in the foremost. Actually, they started with me in the foremost, and then it split up. And then we, we, when I got to the village sound, I'd already known them. In the meantime, my parents had met Lewis Paul. Oh wow! <laughs> and my, my, they're managing him. Uh huh. Okay, they've got, they've they've got him signed to Onyx Records, and they're managing him. And he convinces my parents that I need a Hammond B three. <laughs> and I'm like, he, listen to him, okay? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he knows what he's talking about. Because you got it right. In 1967, they were $5,200 mm -hmm. in 1967 money. Right. So a lot of cash back a then. A lot. A lot of cash. So anyway, my parents sprung for the, the B3, 
and which changed us completely. I mean, it just changed the sound of the band completely. Mm-hmm. And the band kept going, and it did well. And we were played in front of the Young Rascals, opened for them at the Coliseum. Uh, had well, my mom somehow walked into Stax Records, uh huh, and found Jim Stewart and convinced him that he needed to sign us because they had the Hip Records, which was the white subsidiary. Jimmy Jameson is recognized as one of the top voices in rock. But when he was first starting out, it was Pat Taylor that he wanted to be like. When I interviewed Jimmy Jameson in the fall of 2013, he also talked about the same experience that Jack Rowe told me about. I'll tell you about Pat Taylor and me and Jack. Uh-huh. We were like in awe of the good sound, Pat Taylor's voice and David Mayo, you know. Right, right. And Taft was great, too. I said, man, how do you learn to sing that good? And so we were, I lived virtually, I lived on roads, and Pat lived one street behind me. Mm-hmm. We grew up all that time uh, that close together. Right. And uh, we'd see each other at the parks and stuff, and Pat would go over in the basement of Sherwood Elementary and play Michael Rowe, you ashore, and I'd be saying, wow. Uh-huh. And uh, so I said, dude, let's just walk around and ask you. <laughs> wow, really? We're going to walk around and ask Pat Taylor. How do you get to be that good? <laughs> what did he say? We walked around there, okay, and it just so happens he wasn't outside. Oh. He might be outside. You know, uh-huh. So we walked up and knocked on the door. Pat comes and says, hey, how you doing? And, you know, he'd seen me around before. You know. And uh, I said, yeah, I can't remember if it was me or Jackson. Man, we just got to ask you a question. How in the world do you get to be as good as the village sound? He said, practice. Wow. Brilliant answer is the only answer. That's right. the only answer. Mm-hmm. And so I said, wow. We just talked to Pat Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it when I talked to Andy Black of Shoe Productions, and he told me about watching Pat and Suzanne in the studio. Did you ever know Gary Guthrie when he was at FM 100? I did. I worked with him. Yeah, Gary, you know, Gary was the one that instigated instigated my, the, uh, my radios picking up FM 100. Right, right. Yeah, and he came to me and Shu uh-huh. to uh, to write a song that went with some of these lyric ideas he had written down, uh-huh. and and so I I wound up producing the my radio's picking up FM one hundred for FM one hundred, and Gary Guthrie was one of the writers, right? And uh, and and I guess you could say he was the executive producer of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I brought in uh, Pat Taylor uh, and Suzanne Jerome right. to sing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally I wanted Suzanne Jerome to sing it because Bobby Manuel was cutting an album on her at the time for mm-hmm. Mercury Records. Uh-huh. And and I just loved the way she sang. And uh, But I was told by Mercury that because their album was coming out as a solo artist that she couldn't sing lead on it. She she could sing harmonies, but she couldn't sing lead. So, and this is an interesting story here. So I called up Pat Taylor to come and sing it, and and I got Pat and I got Suzanne to come in and sing harmonies with him. And I went out there and sang harmonies too. While we were out there on the floor, I'm telling you, you could see the sparks flying between those two. <laughs> They were literally falling in love before my eyes, right there in the studio, and uh, and we cut my radio's picking up FM one hundred, and uh, you know, and it played for years and years and years, and uh, it was a fun. It was actually for a fundraiser for a charity, 
and they only pressed up, I think it was a maximum of 10,000 records. And, and then once those were gone, then that was the end of it. But uh, they kept playing it on the air for years after that. So, didn't, you know, and I enjoyed it. So, but, uh, but that is, that's my connection with Gary Guthrie. You know, and I'll tell you one thing I want you to be sure and not do, and, and, and that is that uh, ever since then, because Pat and Suzanne, they fell in love and they got in a band, and they called the band The Breaks. And they played this song at their gigs, and people mistakenly have thought for all these years that the song was by the Breaks. And it wasn't. It was our shoe session players that played on it. And, uh, and Pat and Suzanne, did, the Breaks didn't even exist when we cut that song. So I just want you to be sure and, and, and not say that it's the Breaks that's doing it, but that it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's shoe session. Pat beat the cancer with treatment, but then a different, more aggressive cancer appeared. Pat was fighting that cancer when I talked to him and Suzanne. He didn't want to spend a lot of time talking about that, but he was amazed with the outpouring of love he was shown by the benefits that Jack Rowell and I were just talking about. He wanted to thank everyone involved with special thanks to Freddie Tate and David Kelly for organizing it, and to his late friend Jimmy Jameson and the other members of Target for their special appearance. Pat Taylor was a Memphis music icon. He had a beautiful voice, and he was an excellent musician. For those of us who knew him, he was much more than that. He was one of the nicest, most positive people you could ever meet. Even when he was sick, he was still thinking of ways to bring happiness to others. His family was the most important thing in his life. He loved being a husband, father, and grandfather. His legacy will live on through them. He touched so many lives in a positive way. And for us, we will always remember Pat Taylor. Make sure you're with us next time for Memphis Music Interview. Memphis Music History, told from the inside. I'm Mitch McCracken, and I hope to see you then. Memphis Music Interview is a Get Crackin' production.